It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. The information economy has arrived. The world is teeming with innovation as new business models reinvent every industry. Every industry. Inside Analysis is your source of information and insight about how to make the most of this exciting new era. Learn more at InsideAnalysis.com. InsideAnalysis.com. And now, here's your host, Eric Cavanaugh. Folks, welcome to the future indeed. Yours truly, Eric Cavanaugh, is here on the only coast-to-coast radio show that's all about the information economy. It's time for Inside Analysis. Yes, folks, uh, Eric Cavanaugh. I have a very special guest today, really cool company that we've come across. And, of course, this is our job here on Inside Analysis is to find the cool companies and cool people who are doing interesting things, how business gets done. Talk a lot about strategies we talk a lot about information design information strategy and of course open source source now since uh, at least 2005 which is when i did a bunch of research on it uh, and that's right when apache's web server was taking over and it surpassed microsoft's web server this is back in 2005 and i thought to myself that is pretty remarkable and I knew, of course, about Linux, the open source operating system, Linus Torvalds and, and the boys, if you will, and girls of uh, the OS system, the OS network around uh, open source, your operating system. Uh, and a friend of mine at the Data Warehousing Institute, that uh, all the major enterprise software vendors back then in 05, 06, they would first write their code to run on Do that. And he said there are a lot, a lot of different reasons, but one is because it's stable. It was stable at that time. Of course, it's stable now. And uh, Linux is the de facto operating system for enterprise software these days and really has been for like almost 20 years, which is really interesting. We can get into the details about why that is, but it's a factor. Even Microsoft, of course, supports Linux these days, and that was a bit of a battle over the years. But beyond that, the open source mindset, the open source mentality and practice of designing and developing and deploying and software absolutely taken hold of enterprise software. And uh, we see a lot of, of course, big vendors in the data space. Uh, you got your Snowflakes of the world, Databricks, a bunch of other companies are really doing very, very well these days. But uh, a company we just have come across touts an open data platform. So what does that mean? Well, I'm talking to Ben Haynes. He is the founder and uh, and the CEO, I believe, of Directus. Ben, tell us a bit about yourself and Directus and uh, and what this open data platform is all about. Sure. Well, thank you so much for having me, Eric. Uh, really great to be here. 
The idea of an open data platform, I think, is is relatively new. Uh, it's it's a I dare I say a category that we're trying to identify because our our software actually straddles a number of categories. Uh, the the concept of an open data platform is essentially uh, to take the idea of of data microservices, uh, which are very complex. When you when you string all of these together, you end up with some that can be almost untenable in terms of maintenance and. Uh, you know, all the connectivity and integrations that are required there. Uh, it's to set out and build a foundation that cover needs of any data-driven project. Uh, and those are, of course, things like authentication, authorization, you know, your access control, your connectivity through APIs and webhooks. Uh, it is things like interfacing with your data, whether that's data or managing your data, you know, CRUD operations. Uh, it's automation uh, and, and data visualization it's everything basically there's a there's table stakes for all of those different operate those different operations and tasks that we can as a uh, something that you sit at, at sits at the bottom of your stack and then you can hyper specialize beyond that we play well with others so you can go out with this hub and spoke approach and say okay from this point this open data platform we're going to go out and we're going to use this uh, bi tool that is is crucial to our stack or uh, payment processing you might have in your stack. Uh, we just sit. We sit there and we facilitate the connect, the connectivity, uh, and the the data access. Uh, essentially, what we're trying to do is democratize uh, those that data, that database. Yeah, th this is very interesting. So let let's go down a couple different roads to explain the impact of of what you've done and and why it really matters. We're hearing a lot about customer data platforms these days, right? And people who run a business know you've got your list that you market to, your your existing customers, your prospects, all these different categories, and you're always trying to segment them to understand. Okay, we want to market these products those products to those people, how much money are we getting from this stuff? All this spins out of the data, as you know. Well, a customer data platform is, is very powerful because it allows you to focus on the customer as an entity and then to build a profile around that customer and understand, okay, this guy likes red shirts and blue cars and other things like that to help you optimize your marketing spend, which is really important, right? Especially these days because there's so much communication, there's so many emails, Ads. I mean, banner ads, have they ever really worked? I've been in this business for a long time. We still joke about banner ads and like why we still have them everywhere. And I suppose someone clicks on them with the intention of buying something. I'm not sure who. Somebody does. But so from that perspective, it's valuable because then, again, this customer data platform can connect to your procurement system, to your marketing system, to your reporting systems, whatever the case may be. But what you've done is gone if a layer deeper than that. And you're saying, you know what, let's go ahead and create this foundation data platform, an open data platform, upon which you can build any one of those other kinds of platforms. So a customer data platform or product information management, PIM, as they call it, for example. You went to the root level and identified the core processes that take place, like authentication, for example, data transfer, data movement, data transformation. And you've got that at the foundational level. And then from there, companies can build whatever they want on top of that, knowing that you at least have this sort of cohesive orchestration at the root. Is that about right? That's exactly right. And I think when you look at something like a CDP or, or a PIM, those are, those are great pieces of software, uh, but they're very domain specific. And, and rightfully so, they be, they've built out features that are very specific to those needs. And that can be very powerful. Uh, but of course, whenever you define a a domain or you know a, a purpose for software, you you give it bounds, and you're going to hit those bounds, and then you have to figure out: Are we going to integrate with other software? How do we uh, escape these constraints? What we found is that if you make something that's domain agnostic, something that is same uh, instead of features, we call them capabilities. Uh, this toolkit can be so powerful as you can build not only you know a something for customer data or for property management, lease management, content management, digital asset management, you know, basically fill in the blank management, but you can also build all of those things in one system. Uh, this is all a pure database. You, you can architect the SQL database. It can be an existing schema underneath. So it's really, there's no vendor lock-in. You're basically defining the database and that architecture. And then we're simply giving you tools to connect that data through APIs, to automate it. And of course, a no-code experience where anybody, uh, you know, technical or otherwise, can go in and actually browse, manage, and visualize 
whatever might be in that database of a thousand records or you know ten million records. Yeah, that that's uh, that's very interesting stuff. And so it, we were talking talking before the show about how you have a hard time categorizing exactly what you guys are doing because you're doing lots of different things. And you think like Airflow or Airtable or some of these folks that are really the sort of transformation engines, right? Or business process design is essentially what it boils down to. You tell, you grab this piece of information from there, you then cleanse it in this fashion, workflows or or uh, different things you can call it, but it's basically automation and building out workflows. And that's kind of what you've done at a foundational layer for data access. And you're you're, you're giving a service layer for any kind of SQL database, right? That's one of the challenges that people have these days is you have all these different databases you can choose from, but they're all a little bit different in how they perform. They're a little bit different in their architecture and their schematics and so forth, and in little details about how you get something done. So to create an, an abstraction layer that lets you leave those databases alone and use their functionality when you need to, but also be able to kind of level up, if you will, and use different functionality, that's a pretty cool approach. Is that about what you've done? Yeah, and it's, I think there's two pieces. The database abstraction is important because, as you said, there's a lot of different database vendors. You might be using Snowflake. You could be using SQLite, uh, which is file-based, and actually installing it on IoT devices or something along those lines. You know, D, uh, Cockroach Labs, Cockroach Database, has sort of this complete distributed SQL model. Uh, Postgres, Aurora, there's all these different variants. So abstracting that away is important and have, providing some optional middleware that you can use uh, APIs. Uh, instead of using direct SQL queries, that can be very powerful, of course. But going beyond that is allowing and enabling the engineers and the database architects to actually define their own schema, to go down to that database level and optimize foreign key constraints and indexing and uh, every aspect of the data types, et cetera. They can do that at the database level. And whether you work in the database through our software or even the no-code app you know, as a business user, the result is the same. It's your SQL database. There's zero vendor lock-in. If you were to remove our software at any point, uh, you have a purely architected database. And that also allows us to work on any existing database. So we've seen a number of Fortune 100 companies who have enormous databases that are in, in production, you know, out there live in the world running 10,000 queries per second. You can install this software and it sits beside your database and it doesn't touch your database. Nothing changes. There's no migration, no risk, no real diligence, uh, especially being open source. Uh, and you can start leveraging these features. And it's a great tool for if you needed to transition from Oracle to Postgres or Aurora, for example, you can do that by switching those SQL queries into API calls, et cetera. So yeah, lots lots to unpack there. Well, and so, you know, database migration is, uh, is a couple of words you can throw at uh, DBA if you really want to ruin their day. <laughs> say, we're going to migrate to this other database. They're going to say, you're going to do what? Why do you want to do that? Are you crazy? Um, it's just difficult. It's difficult, especially one that's for years. It has all these different tentacles in different places. There are rows and columns that, you know, have things you don't even know about. You're not even sure why you have this this uh, column here anymore because that person left five years ago, for example, and you won't find out until you pull the plug and stuff breaks and who wants to do that? Operations people never want to break stuff. That's their job to keep it from breaking. That's the whole point. But what's interesting here that I hear is because you have this management layer, because you're you're able to augment what existing databases do Therefore, you're able to facilitate when a migration might actually make sense because you can run concurrently for a while and see, okay, now let's slowly pour it over to this new system. And when you'd want to do that these days, I would think it's because of scale. For example, you can have a database on-prem and when your sales start skyrocketing, it's going to slow down. That slows down your whole business. It ruins the customer experience. It causes you all sorts of problems with your net promoter scores or whatever. So you're you're a very interesting stepping stone to a future that can leverage whatever database technology comes down the pike. Is that about right? Yeah. And you talk about digital transformation at these large scales in these companies. When you we came up with the name sort of this category, the open of course, hints at us being open source. It's a truly open source product, which we can get into. But I think what also is extremely open here is we're facilitating the, the digital transformation of, of every layer of the stack. Wow. Your authentication, we support 
you know, OAuth 2 and SAML and OpenID and LDAP. We have all, you know, if you need Okta or Twitter or anything homegrown, we can support that. From deployment, you can be on-prem, you can be in a fully managed cloud or even hybrid solutions. So it's more in on the storage side, you know, S3 local file system, you can write your own storage adapters. It goes beyond just database abstraction and we're really opening the door for the entire stack. We're trying to enable the database architects, the engineers, the developers, uh, everyone, including the non-technical business user, to have access to unlock the potential of not only what they're building now, but what they might be building five or ten years from now. Because when you look at standards like SQL, you know, and some of the, the technologies that you mentioned, they've been around for decades, which is crazy to think of in a technological world. But when you build something that is so open and so foundational and becomes a standard, uh, it's, you know, it's a jack of all trades, but it's certainly not a master of none. Nobody would say that about SQL, for example, even though you can power a mom and pop restaurant website all the way up to a Fortune 10, you know, enormous application. It's, it's how you use it. And by staying unopinionated and this very broad set of capabilities, uh, that's, that's, what we're, uh, that's what we're building. And so this is very interesting. So to get into the weeds a bit here, um, you're actually facilitating the movement, the processing of data, the capture of data, all that kind of stuff, whatever basic functions there are. Well, you mentioned CRUD, right? Create, uh, I always forget what the update, delete, whatever. Um, all those different things, well, the, lots of those functionalities are also in these databases. And the way you've designed your system is the client can either use what's in Directus or it can see and then leverage whatever is in any of these individual database technologies that you're using. So you don't have to use directors to do these things, but what's valuable about doing so is that you are, I suppose, way upstream in a sense, right? So there have all these downstream benefits that occur if you do it right. But if you if you really get that foundation correct, then to your point, you, you have visibility into what's really happening. You can adjust. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply performance in any number of ways. I mean, that's what a lot of DBC, DBAs have done over the years, right? It's just improved performance. And so you're essentially achieving a step change on the road to optimizing performance across even highly diverse topographically challenging environments, right? Exactly. And it's not always about migrating. You know, you might choose a certain database vendor or a certain piece of the stack based on needs, your business requirements or project requirements. Uh, but you might that could change in the future. And if you've highly optimized for uh, the access control list, you know the, the permission system of a specific database vendor, such as Postgres, you know some of them have some pretty great uh, rule-based access control. But another vendor might not. And if you suddenly need to switch, maybe it's just you're deploying uh, to a different vendor. You can't run Aurora locally. Maybe you're you're using you know MySQL or something else locally. Or, we support that abstraction so you can have uh, different database vendors across your stack, but have that that commonality so that you can have the granular rule-based access control in any vendor, regardless. And you can still use the the actual features of that vendor if you'd like. Our, our middleware, our software is completely optional, uh, but you're, you're not gonna be beholden to that software and you're not gonna be sitting at a lowest common denominator. Nobody wants to take you know the cockroaches and auroras and postgreses and you know, sort of distill it down to the capabilities of SQLite. Uh, so it's it's really important to make sure you know what the, what the, what it means to be open and, and what we're really enabling uh, is we're not taking anything away. We're just trying to give more tools to these engineers uh, so they have have optionality basically. Yeah, optionality. Everyone wants that. Everybody wants options. Nobody likes 
lock in and uh you know all the all the big vendors have their own flavor of lock in you know i always refer to the the egress charges as being like hotel california right you can check out anytime you like but you can never really leave unless you pay lots and lots and lots of money that's what they want to get they get you on the egress right it's free to put in but then it's, it costs you money to, to get rid of it and i even just had an experience this morning dealing with Dropbox because I wanted to use Dropbox to share a, a, a file that uh, has to be secured in a certain way. And I went in there and of course I was over my two gigabyte limit for personal. And then like everywhere you look, it's just like upgrade, upgrade, upgrade. I'm like, I just want to delete some files. Can I just delete some files and get myself under the barrier? And it took like 20, 20 minutes just figure to not even figure that out. And I'm like, all right, by the time that happened, an email came in, the lady did it some other way. But this is the kind of bottleneck that you run into in any side of type of proprietary environment they all have their own little ways of doing things they all have their limitations their strengths but you want to be able to have optionality to use the good stuff and not have to deal with the bad stuff folks don't touch that dial we'll be right back talking to directus ben haynes you're listening to inside analysis what if you could own a piece of the future What if you could build your next castle, not on sand, but on the bedrock of a modern blockchain ecosystem? The first internet gold rush made millionaires. The second wave is minting billionaires. But the third wave is just gathering now, and anyone can get in on the action. Hop online to crowdpointtech.com to learn how you can secure a foothold in the blockchain revolution. Whatever your passion, wherever you want to go in life, there's an opportunity awaiting you right now. Go to crowdpointtech.com to learn how the blockchain will fuel the next generation of innovation in this globally connected world. That's crowdpointtech.com, your trusted agent in an untrusted world. What's the longest running radio show in the world focused on data? DM Radio. Want to be a guest sometime? Send an email to info at dmradio.biz. That's info at dmradio.biz. If you are trying to quit drinking or doing too many drugs, listen to me. You don't know me and we'll never meet. I had a problem like you once. I drank and used to party a little too much till it got out of control and almost ruined my life. I realized I needed help to fix my problem before it totally destroyed me. If you've tried to fix your drinking and drug problem and you know you can't do it alone, you need to call the National Treatment Advisors. They'll immerse you into a 30-day program to replace your old habits with new habits and totally change your life. And if you have PPO, private health insurance, the entire program may be covered. Fix your problem right now before it gets any worse. Get clean. Call now and learn more. 877-247-1585-877-247-1585-877-247. Do you own a timeshare? Well, face the facts. You made a mistake. You made a bad purchase. A timeshare is not an investment. It's a money pit that continues forever. If you use your timeshare, that's great. But if you don't and you want to legally get out of your contract, call my friends right now at the Timeshare Exit Hotline. They're an experienced team of lawyers who help good people like you get out of a timeshare contract that they just don't want. Don't throw away your money on maintenance fees. Use it for things you really want. We can help you end your timeshare contract and stop the money drain immediately. If you're ready to move on with your timeshare, call our team right now. Cancel your timeshare now with a free call. 800-289-0413. 800-289-0413. That's 800-289-0413. Do you need to get your hands on some extra money right now? Maybe $25,000 or more? If you're a homeowner, now is a perfect time to get cash out while homes in many neighborhoods like yours have gone up in value. You can use the money for anything. It's yours. You can buy an investment property, pay off higher interest debt, or make home improvements. If you need $25,000, $50,000, or more, now is the time. Home values are up, and so is your equity. We offer you a way to use it. No need to use your savings. Call New American Funding now and see how much cash out you can get. Call 800-710-3739. 800-710-3739. 
That's 800-710-3739. NMLS 6606. www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. This is not an offer or commitment to lend. Subject to borrower and property qualifications. Not all borrowers will qualify. Terms and conditions apply. Equal. Welcome back to Inside Analysis. Here's your host, Eric Cavanaugh. Take us to the future. All right, folks. Back to the show, Inside Analysis. Here's truly Eric Cavanaugh. Ben Haynes, the founder of Directus. Online, you can find them at directus.io. And I have to give credit where credit is due. Darn it. He just came up with the best description for the modern. What defines the modern data stack? It's always changing. That's what defines the modern data stack. It's always changing. Uh, and I, I may have alluded to this. I think we talked about it before the show, but in a recent series of shows we did with a company called Swim, very cool technology, it really dawned on me what's happened with this modern data stack is that we sacrificed state for scale. So we want to be able to scale out our architectures, whether it be processing or ingest or analysis or whatever it is, we want to be able to scale out some part of the process. But what that means is you have to manage state somewhere else. So is it in your ERP? Is it in some database on-prem? Someone has to be kind of minding the different component parts because Kubernetes is great for orchestration of functions, of little system functions. That's what what Kubernetes really does is it lets you scale out and orchestrate system functions across incredibly complex environments. But someone still has to know where all the apples are and how many apples we have and all these different kinds of things come into play. But this modern data stack, it's great stuff, but it is harder to manage. And I think that you've got an interesting solution here with this open data platform to protect folks from lock-in. And, and there are different component parts to this modern data stack. You mentioned authorization a couple of times. Okta is very well known in the auth space. And, and what you want to be able to do from an innovation perspective is cobble together, what is it, 5, 7, 12 of these component parts to make it your DNA, your corporate stack, if you will, and then be able to change something should that be required. And it seems to me that you provided the foundation which will enable any of those downstream downwind changes, if you will. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think it's it's uh, certainly there's the argument to say, you know, you've got proprietary versus open source. And if something's open source, you have all the flexibility, you know, you just go fork it and you but nobody can create a fork and just go maintain a completely separate version of, of you know, a, a large piece of software. Mm-hmm. I think what's crucial about how we've, we've built this uh, open data platform is we've built it with the intention of being completely modular and extensible. So that modern data stack, you know, when modern changes, you know, months from now or years from now, you're not beholden to the software, uh, every aspect, whether it is the authentication and you need to use that that OAuth 2 or OpenID, LDAP, SAML, you need to hand roll your own uh, or sync with Active Directory. All of those options exist because it's been built uh, in a way that allows you to do anything that you need to say that's what my authentication requirements are uh, for this project. And of course, you're going to get things like two-factor auth and uh, or multi-factor auth and single sign-on and all those things out of the box, but you still have that authority to define what that looks like, to define what your access control, your sto- your data and asset storage looks like, um, and, and your query engines, your automation, every aspect of this needs to be modular so that when things change, uh, you're not saying, okay, well, this is, we've, we as a company direct this or whoever the vendor is, we've done the research, you know, and this is that one size fits all. This is the right way to go. You, you just can't do that uh, in today's day and age. You really need to give that authority to the company, to their project based on their own requirements. Right. And How interesting. Change, you know, How interesting. Change. Yeah, this is so cool because, you know, the secret sauce is always going to be uh, some special way of doing something some uh some insight that uh, one of the the founders had or or some smart person who came along and you want to be able to capture and they call it ip right uh, intellectual property but ip has to manifest in some way shape or form and that's typically done through software whether it's through the data model or uh, the speed of the system, for example. You know, it was one of the big uh, success factors for Facebook is they figured out how to make it very, very snappy. So no one's waiting for anything. You just click and get stuff, click and get stuff. You don't wait. Um, so whatever that that special characteristic might be, 
you found a way to allow companies to bake that into the foundation of their systems. And and then you also have this lack of lock-in that is just so relieving, I guarantee you, for any operations person, for any IT person, the last thing they want to hear is lock-in because no vendor is always going to be there to solve the problems that you want solved. It's just not going to happen. So you, you've, you've managed to I think really open up a lot of possibilities by focusing on making that foundation open, accessible, durable, and uh, and connectable to just about any database system, right? Yeah, and you right before the break, you had mentioned sort of egress and some of the issues. You know, everyone's run into it. You you need your data. You need to move move it, or maybe you just need a duplicate copy. And suddenly, you have to like email people or go you know jump through hoops to get access to your data. Uh, we're very big on within our company about saying it is your data. You know, in all of our diagrams, when we talk about the data store, that sits outside of our platform by design. That's your data. You have full access to import and export, CSV, JSON, XML, SQL, at any point, the full data set. Uh, this is your SQL. Even if you get your data, this is your SQL architecture. Uh, this is not some, I don't know, you know, we often sit at the top of a lot of different categories. Uh, headless CMS is one for people who choose to manage content as data. We sit at the top of headlesscms.org. Um, but if you look at a lot of those competitors, even the open source ones, they have a very proprietary data architecture. So when you get your data out, uh, sometimes even if you can get it, it's in sort of a, a locked in black boxed uh, sort of schema. Uh, this is your schema. It's just a really big part of our idea around data portability and data transparency. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and also because you do enable control of where the data goes, you're, you're regulatory friendly, if, if, uh, if I can throw those words together. You're, you're uh, viewed positively by folks who have to deal with regulations, right? Because you can keep your data on-prem, you're just giving access, but you know trusted access at the appointed time to some other systems. And that's what regulators want to know, right? They want, regulators want to know controls and processes and what are you going to do when something goes wrong and it seems to me that you're in a pretty good position to answer those questions, right? Yeah, and I, I hinted earlier talking about how, you know, the openness of the platform, the different deployment strategies, but it's extremely important to say that, you know, this is not exclusively a managed cloud solution. You don't have to use our, our man fully managed infrastructure. Uh, similarly, being open source, you don't have to download it uh, and, and host and figure out your infrastructure yourself. We have all, all of those doors are open. Uh, if you want to use our fully managed cloud, we have infinitely scalable, you know, on, on Kubernetes, you know, completely cloud native, hmm. you know, gone through the AWS well-architected well review. But we are also in the public sector, you know, Department of Energy or in U.S. naval ships, financial institutions, uh, Fortune 10 companies with their own data centers. You can take our software and our enterprise uh, side of things and you can actually put it on your own hardware, your own uh, your own boxes. Or you can sit there in the middle and say, I need to keep my data for regulatory reasons on-prem, uh, and then let me connect it to the closest data center in our cloud. So that optionality uh, is, is very important, especially for some of the, the larger and public sector customers that we have. Yeah, that gets very interesting too. And uh, let's just for kicks throw in the edge, right? Edge computing. What, what's, what's interesting here is because you are facilitating the portability and the as humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. 
Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu slash visit. Use of data from one environment to another, and you've got some controls around that. Well, now I think you're giving some good foundational capabilities to someone to design a good edge architecture because that's good that's a really significant challenge it seems to me because if you got if you have client server okay now i got the the client and i got the server i got two nodes to manage here essentially you start dealing with an edge architecture and all of a sudden the the different permutations explode in terms of what's possible how you can deal with these environments and so the, the quick, the rapid rise of edge computing and and smaller focused data centers, which is what we're seeing. There are a number of interesting little players that are cropping up all around the place because with AWS, you have these huge zones and the speed of light becomes an issue, right? Because you actually have to get all the way across this large expanse. So how, how would you say your technology plays into enabling the maturation of edge computing? I, I think there's a, there's a lot of things that you can unpack there. One is, of course, you know, general things like CDNs and making sure that certain assets are delivered in the most expeditious way possible. Uh, we also, in our support of every SQL, uh, major SQL variant out there, uh, we support uh, vendors like CockroachDB. Uh, and of course, that's a distributed SQL model where you can have not simply a main and then synced databases, because of course that sync, you know, there's, there's things if you have a rideshare app or things that you know, financial things that need to be in true sync. Uh, how do you have a distributed data model that can be global and, you know, closer to the edge? Because you can't simply host the app. Uh, you know, the application needs to be at the edge, your assets, but also your data and synced appropriately. So there's there's so many things to unpack there in terms of how you can actually get to that edge database, that edge uh, computing. But uh, it's really, really interesting for the use cases where it's applicable. And uh, it's, it's nice to know that we're supporting the database vendors and the hardware uh, that are needed to actually start looking into building that into the stack. Yeah, and I'm kind of curious to get even deeper into the weeds and kind of understand some of the performance improvements that you can achieve. Because, you know, when I think about, again, let's talk about the modern data stack. You have this much more complex environment now. Yes, you have Kubernetes to kind of manage all that. But again, you have to track all these different things. What can you do at this sort of foundational level? And just to throw a nice curveball at you, look at what Microsoft just did with ChatGPT, how they're going to throw billions of more dollars into ChatGPT. And even my wife was asking me, well, what, and one of my business partners were like, what are they going to do with it? Like, what, what's the, the end game here? And on last week's show, we had a guy who talked about how they used ChatGPT to optimize their HTML headers on their website to improve conversions. I'm like, really? And he said that it worked. He said it got a 30% improvement on conversions by telling ChatGPT to optimize HTML tags. And I'm thinking to myself, that's very interesting. And if you start thinking about improving performance at these just scale out systems, these just massive data centers, right? Well, that gets really, really complex really quickly. So I'm just wondering, where will we be able to see a chat GPT-like technology inserted? And I think it's going to be all over the place. It's not just going to be writing sonnets for, for students, for example. It's going to be optimizing connections between systems. You think about like machine data as, as Splunk talks to all the different machines that it's managing. Well, that can look very confusing to a person, but once an AI algorithm understands the different component parts and the possibilities, it's actually pretty simple. It's either I'm on or I'm off, or this is happening or that's happening. It's pretty basic stuff. So are, will you be able to at some point leverage like an AI assistant like ChatGPT in your architecture or what can you do? Absolutely. I, I wouldn't, uh, as of right now, I wouldn't say the architecture, but within our no-code studio, which is how you can browse, manage, and visualize data right. in your database, you know, a technical user all the way up through a, a completely novice, non-technical user, it's we're democratizing the database there. Uh, we already have integrations that our engineers internally have been putting together using ChatGPT and a lot of the different API services available there. Really interesting. Of course, at a company level, we're doing emails and some marketing stuff and even just met it's just really really powerful you look at where copilot you know uh, microsoft or github's copilot was months ago and you know that was very impressive uh and 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 you know there's all sorts of things around around that but looking at where chat gpt is it's it makes a lot of sense to see i think it's like 10 billion uh, that microsoft is looking to invest the things that you're yeah. hearing about google's integration with search and the things that they're looking to do there of course there's a lot you can look at 
from an architecture standpoint. Uh, but I think in, I was in the military for eight years doing uh, electronic warfare. I've seen a lot of consumer first, uh, new, new technologies presented in a consumer first way before you start seeing how the governments might be using it or how the, the larger companies might be using it. I think mm -hmm. what we're seeing right now with, to your point, the sonnets and some of the funner, the more uh, you know, humorous ways that it's being presented, that is sort of the, the tip of the spear. And I think the next stage is how does this functionally become worthy of a $10 billion investment from these different parties? And the answer there is, you know, beyond, uh, you know, just drafting in HTML headers, uh, but, you know, maybe routing traffic or, or architecting uh, the best, the best, uh, you know, data system. And it almost reminds me of, I think that it was like the Japanese subway system and they had this like amazing breakthrough where they had a fungus or a mold and they put the points of where the, the subway landings were and then it it just organically created the most optimum or optimized pathway no. and uh it like the mold figured it out and it's you know That's it's very hilarious. similar that was a while back and now i think there's a phase of how chat gbt or you know similar technologies could be doing that for our architectures or our data models and we've actually been experimenting with allowing chat gbt or in similar services to create you know give me a sql data model uh for you know, a, a CDP or for a digital asset management system or a property management system. It's it's really, really, really interesting. When you think of a marketplace and extensions versus which you create individually versus, you know, the dynamism and saying, right, create what I want. Well, you know, what's interesting here is that uh, I guarantee you like, almost every single time someone ever came up with a complex data model, which is always done to optimize performance within a certain workflow context, right? It's the whole point of a data model is you want to be able to be as efficient as possible in this particular context, like onboarding customers or discovering new drugs or whatever. There are all these different use cases. And so your data model would reflect that. But I guarantee you almost every single time, the first model they came up with is not the best model. You want to optimize that over time. And guess what? Asking a human being to do that is a very, very challenging task. I mean, for all kinds of reasons. But again, once these AI ad engines get smart enough to understand all the permutations, it gets a lot easier to re-architect the model. Now that you see what the traffic, it's just like traffic, right? A data model is, is handling data traffic, just like you have street lights and on ramps managing real traffic but folks don't touch that dial we'll finish this conversation in one minute you're listening to inside analysis do you need to get your hands on some extra money right now maybe twenty-five thousand or more if you're a homeowner now is a perfect time to get cash out while homes in many neighborhoods like yours have gone up in value you can use the money for anything it's yours you can buy an investment property pay off higher interest debt or make home improvements if you need $25,000, $50,000, or more, now is the time. Home values are up, and so is your equity. We offer you a way to use it. No need to use your savings. Call New American Funding now and see how much cash out you can get. 800-627-6493. 800-627-6493. That's 800-627-6493. NMLS 6606. MLSConsumerAccess.org. This is not an offer or commitment to lend. Subject to borrower and property qualifications. Not all borrowers will qualify. Terms and conditions apply. Equal housing opportunity. In times of economic uncertainty and chaos, your money means nothing. You may not even be able to get it from your bank or ATM. And the money you do have in the stock market will go down and down. What you can bank on is gold and silver. Gold and silver have been a reliable and trusted form of currency for thousands of years. Gold and silver have never been worth zero, and typically gold holds its value during economic turmoil. Call the gold hotline now and learn how to protect your money and your assets with gold and silver. And learn how to set up a new IRA or roll over your current one into a gold-backed IRA. Protect your money from the next market crash with gold and silver. Call now for your free gold guide. 800-755-4281. 800-755-4281. 800-755-4281. That's 800-755-4281. 
If you served in the Marine Corps, by now you know about the contaminated water problem at Camp Lejeune. If you were stationed or worked at Camp Lejeune from 1953 to 1987, you probably have a lot of questions. We have some answers. You could be entitled to compensation. Billions of dollars are being allocated to pay for damages to anyone stationed at Camp Lejeune during that time. Unfortunately, it appears that officials may have known the contaminated water problem existed and did little to protect their men. The Semper Fi Code was not honored. If you or someone in your family has developed a serious illness, including various forms of cancer, call this Camp Lejeune legal support line right now. You can't turn back the clock and change what happened, but you can certainly call right now and learn your rights as a Marine. Here's the number. Call 800-254-3218. 800-254-3218. That's 800-254-3218. Paid for by Legal Alert Line. Can your IRA stand up to the next financial crisis that our top economists are saying is at our doorsteps? By allocating a percentage of your IRA into physical gold and silver with a tax-free rollover, you can diversify and safeguard your holdings from turbulent markets and economic downturns by putting your IRA back on the gold standard. Find out how to safeguard your assets with a tax-free rollover with a Genesis Gold IRA, the only IRA that can hold physical pressure Precious metals. Call now for your free gold and silver report. Protect your IRA today with one simple phone call and learn how to qualify for up to $10,000 in free silver. Call Genesis Gold Group, empowering faith-driven stewardship. 800-504-1123. 800-504-1123. That's 800-504-1123. Welcome back to Inside Analysis. Here's your host, Eric Cavanaugh. All right, folks, back here on Inside Analysis. Fascinating conversation today with Ben Haynes of Directus. His last name is H-A-Y-N-E-S. Look him up on LinkedIn. We're talking all about an open data platform and what that does for the future of business. And uh, as I think I mentioned to you and to your nice PR lady, we have a TV show called Future Proof. You can actually see the logo in the bottom right-hand corner. And the whole idea of the show and using that name was that in a couple of years, you'll look around and see proof for the future that was designed a couple of years ago with this technology, right? So right now we have all these different technologies that are being built and designed to run businesses and to facilitate different parts of our lives, buying groceries or whatever the case may be. But there's a vision of how it's going to optimize something, right? And how you're gonna future-proof it. And I think your, your vision for this open data platform, which is pure open source, it could be deployed in the cloud, it could be deployed on-prem, you just connect it to one of your existing databases, I think is what you said. And this allows you to explore all sorts of other different alternatives down the road and not be locked in, right? That vendor lock-in is what scares so many people, especially veterans in the field, because they've lived through it, man. They've lived through spending $80,000 to get this instance of this technology, and then, oh, it doesn't do that one thing that we really wanted? Oh, no, what do we do now? It becomes much more difficult. And I think what's cool is that you've, by taking this foundational approach, you're really opening up lots of possibilities for different ways to do things, depending upon who's on your team, what expertise you have, what your budget may be. All that stuff gets easier when you have the optionality, right? It, that's exactly right. I, I love the name Future Proof. I've, I've mentioned it a lot of times, obviously, in what we're building. Uh, I still and probably always will you know, throw some air quotes uh, around when I say it because nothing truly is. I think you, you're striving to get to that point. Right. Uh, you can't ever build to be future-proof and like build specific capabilities because when you identify that and start building it, by the time you're done building it, you know things have already changed at the speed right. of you know of how things operate. So what you can do is you can just build flexibility, and that's really where we focus is that modular flexibility uh, that allows you. We we have something called the 80-20 rule, where our software is architected and, and designed such that we try to accom accommodate 80% of the use cases out of the box. You know, with all the freedom of choose your auth provider, your storage adapter, your database vendor, et cetera. The next 19% is covered through that extensibility. So our marketplace, you know, the modules, the, you know, just kind of piecing together what really makes it yours. Uh, 
And then that last 1% is, you know, it is open source. If you really need the escape hatch, you can go in, you can see the code, you can fork it, you can do anything that you need to because of the license. And I, the, the metaphor, my team knows I use a, a lot of metaphors, but is this idea of, of cake. We have a completely free and open source cake. That is the core software, our product. Uh, that is, there's no sugar removed. It's tasty and delicious. There's no sneaky dual license or you get in and then suddenly there's usage-based user pricing or something hidden behind the walls. So that's that first core. Then there's the icing on the cake where you, you take all of these uh, extensions and you, you piece it together to really make it yours. What, is, what does it mean to be your data platform for your company? And then that last 1%, you know, that, that it is open source or basically just some sprinkles on top of the cake. You know, you yeah. really, if you need to, you can get around all of this. Uh, and, and work with uh, the actual code itself. Yeah, that's, that's great stuff. And before we lose you, I want to throw one last uh, question over. You mentioned headless CMS. I'm seeing this term thrown out there these days. It's a very interesting concept. Can you explain to our audience, and of course, CMS is content management system, uh, but you're hearing around CRM, headless CRM. What does headless mean in that particular context? Yeah, so... Uh, the head, the head is essentially the presentation layer. So when you break, uh, when you break the system into different strata, uh, our, our platform, for, uh, for example, you have the database, which is your database. It sits at the, the base of this, of this stack. Then you have the, our data engine, which is the APIs and automation, all of that for connecting that data wherever you need to connect it. Now, and then we, on top of, uh, on top of that, made, uh, powered by our API, our data engine is the data studio. That's a no-code app where your users can go in and manage the data in your database. So when you look, think of a CMS, you know, WordPress is a great example. We have the same open source license as them, GPL v3. Uh, that is sort of a, what's called a monolithic CMS. Mm. You design your website there. Uh, you put your content in there. It's all just one big system uh, for your website, which means it's tied to a website. In the modern era, you have mobile experiences, you have kiosks, digital signage, you have things that go outside of the realm of content, such as metadata and even data, when you're talking about customers and invoices, et cetera. So the, the head of headless is the website. You're not designing your website in the system. Uh, you are simply managing the content, or in our case, you're managing the data, which can be content or assets or metadata, et cetera. And then you can I use see. the API to connect that out to a, a static website, to a native application, to a hybrid application, to, to really anything. Uh, so the head, the website, the presentation layer is removed. Headless, and in our case, uh, not not brainless. Yeah, that's interesting. And so, you know, for example, to your point, there are lots of different tools I can use to access information, right? And I remember the, the battles going on as people were figuring out, oh, how do we design for the iPhone versus the Samsung or, or whatever other device there is. And so in that context headless makes a lot of sense right because you don't know what the end device is going to be you want to use a detector or a sniffer or something to say okay what does this device do this what does that device do that which version of which browser are you on for example all that stuff comes into play and, and frankly makes design a really difficult thing to pull off i mean if you're trying to design a website you you want to know what is the the end user going to see right so headless is a way to kind of solve for that challenge and not worry so much about it is that about right Exactly. It, really, the API is what allows you to not uh, not just beam the website from the CMS out, but you beam the content and data out in the assets through the API. We, again, are very open in that we are not simply giving you the GraphQL API because that's uh, the, the new exciting thing on the street. You know, We also support REST, uh, which is still 65% of the API market. We have a CLI and a JavaScript SDK. And of course, as we mentioned, you still can write your SQL queries. So however you wanna connect that data out to your head, uh, and your head doesn't have to be a website. It can be a number of different deployment strategies for a website. You can also send that same agnostic content because there's no HTML built into the content. It's just pure content. You can syndicate it through a, a feed. You can send it out to those apps and kiosks. You can have it on the, the back of a taxi cab. You know, they have oh, the, interesting. The, the screens there. So the head becomes anything. See, that's interesting because I'm always thinking of ways that you can 
do business better. And you made a really interesting point that by referencing a kiosk, right? You look at all these different businesses that are cropping up at pop-ups in different places and malls and things like, well, how do you how do you actually access the data, right? If you go to like a Walmart or a Target, sometimes they're like on their little phones, they're trying to figure out what this product is or at the lows the other day. And it's just running slow as molasses. I'm like, is this hitting the web or like, what is this? What are you actually hitting that you can't have to wait here like, five, eight, nine seconds for your Lowe's app to show which part is available in stock right now. It's like, good grief. That is a, a bottleneck in some information system. Either it's they're hitting the web and it's slow or God knows what happens. I mean, these are what SREs deal with all the time, right? And so you're you're really opening up another sort of category of opportunities for for how people can enable better optimization down the road, right? Exactly, because I think what, what we talked about the modern data stack and how it's ever changing. When you think of a, a website, we really call them digital experiences now because you, you have websites, you've got these kiosks, you have digital signage, you have all this. Now we have AR and VR. You know, where's the difference? If you see a website in that context, it might need a different deployment strategy, different code, all of that, different stack uh, and languages. You have to be prepared for whatever that digital experience might be in the future. And it might go beyond content. It might be eye tracking and all sorts of other metadata that you want in the same system. How interesting. That is very, very interesting. That's cool. You're you're almost like an OS supercharger in a sense. Is that about right? Yeah. I mean, it's basically how do you take anything that's in your database? How do you connect it out for any head, any experience or any project? And of course, you don't have to. You can install the software. Many people use a database for internal tools. You know, you're not beaming the data out to connect it. Uh, you just need to manage your data, whether that's inventory or project management or really anything else. Uh, at the end of the day, what we're doing is we're democratizing the database and giving you all the tools you'd need uh, to work with that data uh, for anybody in your your company. And I'm guessing you have uh, like templates and different things. I mean, there's so much to to tackle here. I don't know where, where someone would start with all this. we got 60 seconds. Like, how do you start getting involved in all this? Yeah, so it's really easy. You can go uh, to our, our cloud. Of course, you can do it on-prem, but it's it only takes about five seconds to spin up a cloud project. We have a free tier on directus.cloud. Uh, you can get there through the, the website. You can spin it up, and we have a demo. What's really powerful uh, about how our, our uh, templates work is it's just SQL. Uh, if you already have a database, just use your, your existing database and everything will start, will give you all those tools for whatever you have. Uh, so all those those templates, whether it's for a CRM, CMS, or anything else, it's just architect a nice SQL database and, and there you go, you're off to the races. Well, I love it. I think this is fascinating stuff. Congratulations. Uh, and I heard uh, you're, you're, you're moving and shaking these days. So you got some uh, more fun stuff coming down the pike. We'll have to get you back on the show in uh, six months for the update. But folks, look these guys up online. We're talking to Ben Haynes of Directus, directus.io. You have been listening to Inside Analysis. A journey of a thousand words begins here, KCAA. This segment sponsored by the generous support of the Dream Team. Looking for the keys to something bigger and better? Downsizing or relocating to the perfect spot? Oscar Ramirez from Century 21 Lois Lauer Real Estate and Matt Flores from Secure Choice Lending are here to help you sell or buy with their trusted and experienced knowledge and advice. People are calling Oscar and Matt at 951-751-3249. That's 951-751-3249. Real estate and loan advisors, Oscar and Matt, can give you a no-cost consultation. You don't have to buy anything. Matt and Oscar can help you figure your way through the complicated real estate market. Email Oscar at LoisLauer.com or on Instagram at Oscar Ramirez Garcia and Matt Flores at SecureChoiceLending.com. Don't let today's real estate pitfalls stop you from dreaming. Make your new home dreams come true. DRE number 0207-0344. Se habla espanol. You've eaten lots of great food and not so great food at restaurants. Cowboy Burgers in Fontana and now on Arlington and Riverside will fast become one of your favorites with their delicious mouth-watering burgers and breakfast burritos. 
Cowboy Burgers and Barbecue also serves fantastic smoked barbecue baby back ribs, tri-tip, chicken, pulled pork sandwiches, as well as lunch and dinner plates. Everything is made from scratch, including their delicious side dishes like coleslaw, potato salad, barbecue beans, and much, much more. Check out their rich, decadent chocolate brownies. Hi, I'm food critic Alan Borgen, and you can dine in, take food out, or have them cater your next special event. I highly recommend Cowboy Burgers and Barbecue at their new location at 5573 Arlington Avenue in Riverside. Just look them up on the internet. That's Cowboy Burgers and Barbecue. Happy eating! And perfect for the holidays, Cowboy Burgers and Barbecue is also available for catering. That's Cowboy Burgers and Barbecue in Fontana and now in Riverside on Arlington. Let me ask you a question. Are you holding on to labels that are holding you back and preventing you from leading a more purposeful, fulfilling life? Join me, Deanna Radulescu, on Label Free every Friday at 7 a.m. on KCAA, where I sit down and talk to my guests that are living dynamically on their own terms, free from labels, leading a purposeful life. I ask you to join me and my community as we dissect how we can rise above those labels and truly live in our life's purpose. When you're alone and life is making you lonely, you can always go downtown. Nestled in the heart of downtown San Bernardino is living history and the place you want to be. On the internet, it's 320downtown.com. That's 320downtown.com. The Enterprise Building. With its rich interiors, it's a place so special you just have to see it. It's at 320 Northeast Street in downtown San Bernardino. The Enterprise Building is the heartbeat and entertainment life of downtown San Bernardino, as well as a distinguished space for your new office or building. You can grow with its newly renovated banquet area, meeting rooms, 320 bar, top deck terrace, and plenty of parking space with over 8,900 square feet of reasonable and available opportunity. Today, it's family owned and operated by Alicia Allen and their son Ryan. They've rolled out the red carpet and crafted a gracious space, keeping the historical feel of the building while providing the opportunity to create the future memories of your upcoming wedding or celebration. It's 320downtown.com. That's 320downtown.com. The Enterprise Building. It's downtown waiting for you. Attention all business owners, join C's Candies, Big Lots, Dollar Tree, and the Spunky Steer at the Tri-City Shopping Center in Redlands. Availability is now open for restaurants, retail, and more. Located between Alabama and the Tennessee exits where the 10 and the 210 meet, your company can be a part of over 60 retail shops, restaurants, and local businesses. The Tri-City Shopping Center is zoned for multi-use, so call today and schedule an appointment. Ask for Chris Beauchamp or John Jennings, 951-684-4400. The Tri-City Shopping Center in Redlands. The Mall with a Heart. I'm Rick Smith, host of The Rick Smith Show, inviting you to listen to my show during the noon hour every weekday right here on KCAA. My show is sponsored locally by Teamsters 1932, a strong union with 14,000 members in the IE. Our message is clear. Unions improve the lives of working people. You have a right to form and join a union. So go to Teamsters1932.org and get started now. My name is Daniel Rudbari. I'm an attorney. I represent tenants against landlord. So if your landlord is making you live in substandard living conditions, bug infestation, cockroaches, rodents, mold, mildew, broken windows, lack of security, flooding, call me. You have rights. You can reach me at 877-384-9911. Again, I'm attorney Daniel Rudbari, and I represent tenants against landlords that refuse to make repairs and force tenants to live in substandard living conditions. So if you think you're living in a substandard living condition, call me, 877-384-9911. The call is free. It's a toll-free number, 877 384-9911 and the advice is free. 
KCAA Radio has openings for one-hour talk shows. If you want to host a radio show, now is the time. Make KCAA your flagship station. Our rates are affordable and our services are second to none. We broadcast to a population of 5 million people. Plus, we stream and podcast on all major online audio and video systems. If you've been thinking about broadcasting a weekly radio program on real radio plus the Internet, contact our CEO at 281-599-9800. 281-599-9800. You can Skype your show from your home to our Redlands, California studio where our live producers and engineers are ready to work with you personally. A radio program on KCAA is the perfect work-from-home avocation in these stressful times. Just type kcaaradio.com into your browser to learn more about hosting a show on the best station in the nation or call our CEO for details, 281-599-9800. You're listening to KCAA Loma Linda at 106.5 FM, K293CF, Moreno Valley. NBC News Radio. I'm Chris Caraggio. A GoFundMe account set up for Tyree Nichols is surpassing $1 million with more than 28,000 donors. The account was created just days ago by Nichols' mother with the goal of $1.2 million. Nichols, a 29-year-old black man, was fatally beaten by five police officers in Memphis, Tennessee. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.